You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, how to get out of a mess. And now, if you go to Luke chapter number 24, my southern accent might help with the title, uh, but you'll see that there is a relevance here. Uh, and I was just thinking this morning, how is your life today? How is your life today? Uh, do you ever find yourself discouraged? I mean, you know, life doesn't always go smooth, does it? Uh, you ever find yourself disappointed with the way things have gone in life? And yeah, I mean, even as God's people, you know, sometimes people think once they become a Christian, everything's just going to be all smooth and easy. But folks, that's, uh, that's nowhere near the truth, actually. The di- the, one of the main differences is, is it's not that things are smooth and easy, but it's that there's somebody to help you go through the difficult times, and there becomes a purpose and a point in your difficult times, which is also very important. But, uh, you know, may, but the way it goes is disappointment and discouragement. It normally goes when you're at a certain point and it seems like everything is going well, but then everything goes from like it's going well and going good to just like that, things all of a sudden seem like they fall apart. You ever like that? Things seem like, man, I think it's all coming together now. And then just like that, it seems like it starts falling apart. And then there you are, left trying to put the pieces back together and make sense of what in the world's going on. And quite honestly, maybe you even have got to the point to where you feel like giving up. You don't know what else to do. And I will encourage you to do this when we talk about how to get out of a mess uh, that, that comes from disappointment, that comes from discouragement. I will say, take this one big piece of advice Never make a major decision uh, when you are in an emotional state. (laughs) Never make a major decision in the midst of a storm. Uh, I tell you, I can't tell you the times that I have wanted to make a decision in the midst of all that. And, but then I, I've remembered that advice, and I've thought, you know what? I'm going to wait till things settle down a little bit. I get my bearings about me a little bit, and then I'll make a decision. I'm not just going to say what I want to do right now, because quite honestly, you feel like doing something stupid, uh, giving up, giving in, and maybe just going your own way. Many people walk away from church. Many people walk away from the Lord because of discouragement and disappointment. And if you have or do felt have or do felt that way, you have uh, felt that way, or you do feel that way, I want you to know today that you are not alone. You're not alone. In fact, the Bible introduces us to a couple of men in Luke 24 that are very much this way. And in Luke 24, I want to begin reading in verse number 13. The Bible says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called a mess. Okay, uh, my southern wife got it. A mess. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. I want you to know this. If any of you have any aspirations to preach whatsoever, if you can't tell a bad joke or a joke that nobody laughs at, then you're not qualified. All right, you can just forget about it. Uh, it's got to be, uh, you got to just forget about it. You've missed the calling. But uh, again, Luke uh, 24, verse number 14, the Bible says, And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And uh, one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass uh, there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him, and we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. So now you're getting to the source of their disappointment. They had been following Jesus faithfully, ready for Jesus to bring the kingdom. And that's something I want you to understand around this Christmas season. If you listen for it, you'll hear it a lot in the Christmas songs. Repeatedly, it's talking about the newborn king. Uh, and and all, listen, when Jesus was born, when the Messiah, which is where we get the word Christ from, Messiah is the Greek word, which means the Christ, the anointed one, he was the anointed one in that he was coming to set up his kingdom on this earth. But not yet. Not yet. But they missed the not yet part. So when Jesus was crucified, folks, the reason the disciples ran off is they were all in shock. See, they were ready. And by the way, if you go look at the reason Judas betrayed Jesus, is because he wasn't bringing the king. He, he could see, man, this doesn't seem to be going the way I thought it was going to go. I don't know. It doesn't look as if Jesus is going to overthrow the Roman government. It doesn't look as if Jesus is going to set up his throne back in Jerusalem. And that's one of the reasons that Judas betrayed the Lord. And so that's how these men were. Jesus had died. Three days had gone by. And so now they're on their way to a mess because they're leaving Jerusalem because they're discouraged. They're disappointed. And well, I'll say more about that in just a moment. But uh, let's just read a couple more verses here. The Bible says there in verse number 21, here it is, But we trusted that, if he had been, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. That's being disillusioned, they felt like. And beside all this, to this uh, to, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that the... That, uh, they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us uh, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but they saw him not. So if we think about this, these men were in a place of discouragement. And I think about that. I talked about them being disillusioned. I thought this was a good image of being disillusioned. Disillusioned is when you when what or who you have been counting on comes up false. What they said there in verse number 21 is that we thought that this was going to be he who would redeem Israel. This is he. We thought this was the one who was going to make everything right in our lives and in the world. Okay? That's what we thought. But things aren't right in our world. Things aren't going the way we thought they would go. Therefore, they have this feeling of disillusionment. See, a lot of people think this way. A lot of you say, man, you know, I thought that if I followed Christ, 
my marriage would be better. But we're having trouble in our marriage. I thought that if I followed Christ, my children would be more successful. I thought that if I followed Christ, I would be a lot happier than this. But I'm not happy. My marriage isn't great. I thought if I followed Christ, I thought that my, my finances would be a lot better. I thought just things would be smoother, better. But I've got trouble because now it's hard. I'm facing difficulty. I'm facing temptations. And I'm facing trials. See, it's, 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 it reminds me a lot of others that... They were trusting God and believing God, but things didn't go the way they seemed. Abraham believed that God was going to give him a son. Finally, God gave him a son. And after God had given him the son, then God said, Okay, now I want you to go sacrifice that son. Well, what do you do with that? Uh, you know, I think about Joseph. Joseph, man, think Joseph as a, what was he, 17 years old? God gave him visions, man. God gave him a dream, Christian. God showed him that, that man, I'm going to raise you up. <laughs> I've got plans for you. I mean, I've got plans for you to where your mom, your, your dad, your brothers are all going to come kneel before you one day. I've got plans for you, Joseph. But just in a few short months... He goes from having that dream of grandeur and of great vision of God's promise that, that, that was from God to being betrayed by his brothers, sold to be a slave by his brothers, becoming a slave in Egypt, being slandered as a slave, being imprisoned for the next 10 years of his life. I mean... We go, you could go on and on through the Bible. I mean, we could think about, you know, how about uh, the, uh, the, the, the parting of the Red Sea? God said, okay, Israel, I'm taking you out of Egypt. I'm taking you to the promised land. Things are going to be so good. It's flowing with milk. It's flowing with honey. I mean, the, the, the clusters of grapes are so big, it takes, two men, it takes two men to carry a cluster of grapes. Stick them on a stick and put them on their shoulders. It's so, so big, these clusters of grapes. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do so many great things with you. And no sooner do they leave Egypt till they come face to face with the Red Sea. You see what I'm saying? That's how it works in this life sometimes as we walk with God. The three Hebrew children stand for God. What happens? They get thrown into the fiery furnace. Daniel stands for God. What happens? Or I should say Daniel kneels for God. Amen. He continues to pray. And he gets thrown into the den of lions. Mary and Martha believed the Lord Jesus Christ and Lazarus. Lazarus ends up dead. Mary and Martha end up disappointed. See, what these disciples, and when you, when you are on your way to a mess, a lot of times it starts because you have been disappointed and you've been, you feel like you're disillusioned. See, what they failed to realize and what we failed to realize sometimes is that between God's promises... So just imagine, we have God's promises over here. Here's where God says, this is what I'm going to do for your life. And over here on the other side is God's provision. God says there, I promise you that I am going to bless you, that I am going to do so much in your life. I'm going to use you. Your marriage is going to be blessed. You're going to experience joy. You're going to have a successful life. But between there, the promise, and over here, the provision, right in here, there's a problem. 
Always. <laughs> Virtually always. There's a promise, there's the provision, but right here there's a problem. So these two men, and this is a real, oh, I've already left them, amen. This is one of those guys. He is disillusioned. But not only is it a place of disillusionment, it's a place of disappointment. When you're going to a place of, a, you know you're on your way to a mess when you are disillusioned or when you feel disillusioned. Because again, remember what disillusion means is when what or who you've been counting on seems to have failed. And that's how you can feel. You can feel disillusioned. But what I'm trying to tell you is, uh, just a spoiler alert, God never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. Just because you come to the Red Sea, just because it's hard right now, just because you have failed and fallen flat on your face does not mean that it's over. <laughs> Woo! i got to just thank the Lord. But you know, you're on, you're, you know you're on your way to a mess when you become disillusioned. When you See, a, a mess is also a place of disappointment. See, I'm sure that part of their conversation is, you ever been there? You just find yourself in a place and you're just like, everything's falling apart, nothing's going right, and then you're just like, well, this stinks. I mean, what now? I mean, I, I'd, put all, I'd put all my eggs in this basket of this God thing working out. And now it's not. What now? What? This stinks. They're disillusioned. They're disappointed. And then that leads to despondency. Man, you're in a mess when you end up despondent and in despair. When you get to the place again to where you're just, you feel hopeless. What am I going to do now? And folks, I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul knew what it was like to experience some of these things. Do yourself a favor. I was talking about not being alone. Number one, look around you. Because there's, there's no one among us this morning that has not received that promise that hasn't had to experience the problem in between because you can feel so alone. I talk about this a lot, but I talk about it a lot because it's so true. You can feel so isolated. You can feel like the teenager. You can feel like the, the young person. You can feel like the new person. See, what you look at is you look at some of the people in this church and you see them. Where are they living at? They're living over here in the promise. They're experiencing the blessings. They've got the milk and the honey. Man, they, uh, uh, why are they so stinking happy all the time? It's annoying, right? Why are they happy? The weather's bad. You know, look what's going on in, in our country. I mean, why are they so happy? But see, what you fail to realize is that between what they've, they've, they've got the promise, they've been through that problem. God's brought them through that problem, and they've got to the promise. But i got good news for you. You know what you do again after you do that as a Christian? You go through the cycle again. <laughs> I can say in our marriage, I can say in our marriage, man, we've got the promise. Oh, man, this is going to be great. A year or so in, man, this is hard. I got a problem. The, the biggest problem was the one I looked at in the mirror every day. Amen? When I would go see her putting her makeup on. Uh, but the <laughs> oh boy, she was looking at me. Uh, I thought you were doing nursery today. Okay. Um, but then we get through that problem. And all of a sudden, man, it's like, well, this is great. Then what happens again? Then you hit that other cycle. Okay, God's got another stage. He's going to take us a step higher. 
God's going to bless our marriage even more. When I'm over here, that sounds great. But I don't realize that I'm back over here in a sense of, oh, wait, there's going to be a challenge in between here and there. Uh, I, before I, so that's what we fail to realize. But it does, it leads from, you know, d- d- discouragement and, and disillusionment to despair. Um, Notice verse number 16. The Bible says that their eyes were holding. So Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, is literally coming and walking with them, but they do not recognize him. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. But I want you to notice just a few things this morning that Jesus did to keep them from the mess that they were heading toward, okay? So, if, by the, and I just want to say here, if you don't feel like you are heading for a mess, I'm telling you, hang on. Because there's coming a time where you're going to feel like it's hopeless. So Jesus gives some advice. So I want you to remember these things, okay? Number one, or shows us some things. Number one, there's an intentional encounter. I love this. Notice what the Bible says there. (laughs) They walked together. And in verse number 15, the Bible says, And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. We see an initial encounter. In other words, what the Lord Jesus did, I mean, how cool is this? Jesus looked at these two men. They're doubting. I mean, It would be one thing if they had left Jerusalem a day or two before Jesus died, but they actually, or after Jesus died, but they left on the third day. They left after Mary and Martha and the women and the other apostles, Peter and John, had already come and said, Hey, the grave's empty. See, Jesus told them after three days, I'm going to rise again. Now, again, remember, they were so focused. Now, listen, here's what happens to us, too. They were so focused on this whole kingdom idea that they didn't hear that negative part. They didn't hear that there's going to be some challenges involved in this. Jesus told them pretty plainly about it, but they did not hear it. They did not see it. So they heard, but I want to tell you something. I don't know what all they were talking about. The Bible says they were reasoning, they were conversating, but I'm telling you something that had to be in this conversation. They revealed some of it. That guy isn't who he said he was. That's in there. They said, we thought this guy was bringing the kingdom, but he's dead. How's that for you? How's that for faith? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever reasoned in your mind? Have you ever had a conversation that you'd be pretty embarrassed if we could play right now in regards to your attitude toward God? the way you felt about God, the way you feel about what God's doing, why, what, what God said this. Have you, ever, have you ever almost felt like God's messing with you, playing some kind of cruel trick on you or something? You don't want to admit it. And, and you say, well, I haven't felt that way. That's wonderful. It really is. But all I'm trying to do is for those of you that have ever felt anything like that, I want you to know something. You're not alone. And the cool thing is, remember, Jesus not only could hear their conversation, he knew their thoughts. And the awesome thing was, is he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Man, I tell you, the Lord is good. See, they, no matter what kind of mess they were in, no matter what they were saying, no matter what they were thinking, Jesus went out of his way to come and get them. See, because what happens is, you get disillusioned, you get discouraged, you find yourself in dismay, you think some things you wish you hadn't thought, 
Maybe you say some things you wish you hadn't said. So now on top of it, not only it started off with you being disappointed with the way God's and things are going, God's having things going in your life. Now you're sitting there looking at how awful of a person you are, and now you're thinking to yourself, "Man, why would God have anything to do with me anyway? I'm worthless. I'm hopeless." I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve His grace. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve any of that. So then you get into a real hopeless place there again, but I got good news for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Man, I wish I had one of those boys out here to help me right now, uh, but I'll have to take a bigger boy. I bet Christian will help me. All right. Uh, all right. Camera girl back there. Bless her heart. Uh, yep, there we go. Okay. Okay, so here's Christian. Christian, since, uh, since the root of his name is Christ, we're, he's going to get to represent Christ today, okay? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to represent me sometimes. I'm going to represent maybe you sometimes, okay? Here I am. Things have been great, been walking with the Lord. God's been blessing, but then all of a sudden, things get hard, things get tough. I'm, dis I'm, I'm disillusioned, I'm disappointed, I feel like I'm in despair. And now I start walking toward a mess. And so I start going this way, and the whole time I'm thinking, where's God at? I don't understand why He would leave me like this. I'm hearing Him all alone. And God, I just, where's Christ at now? Where's He at? I mean, no matter, I've done my best, and I don't know how this God thing's going to work out. As a matter of fact, I don't think...